on our to-do list this this week is live with sin i'm sure you've heard the phrase sinless which has two connotations so sinless that's sinless frequently and sinless meaning without sin we are called to a life of holiness uh, which would imply that we do not have sin but the reality of it is without sin we can't get grace because grace is made available to those with sin and so sin is a reality of our lives what we have to do is remember that we first of all need to recognize sin which the ten commandments help us identify and then we have to also with the help of the holy spirit because no one can do this by themselves sin less frequently and also sin less severely so as we live our daily lives as we go through a life of sanctification every single day we recognize sin we recognize the temptations you know that could lead us to sin and with the help of the holy spirit we sin we do not respond to temptation as much we remove ourselves from things that could lead us to sin the bible says we should flee all appearances of evil you know and even as we saw christ when faced with temptation he spoke the word so there's sometimes when the scriptures that we've memorized that we've learned would help us overcome sin so live with sin don't surrender to your sinful condition hi everyone okay so um we've been talking about savings investments a lot um over the past month and one recurring question one recurring question that keeps coming up is how do i invest and um what i realized was that the question really isn't you know um isn't or what can i put my money in but it's actually how do i you know bite the bullet and do something about um about what what we're talking about and with with investments like i said investments are long term long term um um strategy to building wealth um they're not ideally they're not supposed to provide an income um immediately so to invest you need to like um compound your returns so add the returns you get to the capital um, so that that money begins to grow and ultimately um, there's so many reasons why people invest um, and I think for most people um, especially people who are trying to get out of the rat race <clears throat> have a shortfall on their pension goal and all of that the, the core reason is pension you know money to retire on whether you're going to be retiring at what the government had set as your retirement age or you want to be retiring sooner um the core goal you really is um retirement for most people and then 
um, retiring early. The next um, goal is um, financial financial freedom. And what financial freedom means is, I mean, people define it differently. Some say it's having no debt whatsoever. So um, you don't have any credit cards, your mortgage is paid off, you don't have any personal loans. Um, the problem with that though is unless you have a huge cash reserve, when you want to buy, maybe you need to replace your car or um, uh, yeah, you need to replace your car or you have an emergency. If you don't have a cash reserve, then you end up being bo- you end up borrowing. So I personally don't think, um, having no debt means you're financially uh, financially independent because um, at some point you're going to have to borrow. And th- th- another reason is because wh- when it comes to debt, debts, there are two types of debt. And I'm not talking of the definition of debt in the, in, in, in the dictionary or debt, you know, as we know it. You know, I'm talking of, you know, in terms of financial freedom, financial independence. There are two types of debt. You have what we call the good debt and the bad debt. Um, as an accountant, a bad debt is a m- money that you're not going to be able to recover. Um, but that's not what we're talking about. Um, a good debt is a debt that you use to buy an asset that brings you an income. So say, uh, for example, you buy property. Um, so you put... Um, a deposit down you get a mortgage um, the property generates rental income then out of that rental income you pay off the mortgage and you're still getting an income from it that is a good debt and like I said it's not a dictionary definition of um, good debt it's um, a financial freedom definition of good debt so if you're borrowing money to invest in an asset and the return on that asset is paying off the debt as well as giving you an income that's a good debt and that's why your home mortgage would not be a good debt because unless you're renting out a room in your home or you're using your your um your home for business as well as residing in it um, it's not going to be generating an income. It has the potential to generate an income, but until the point it actually does generate an income, um, it's it's a bad debt. You know, bad as in the fact that you're having to go earn income somewhere else to fund it. Okay, so um, yeah, that essentially that that essentially is, is that. So. For me, if you have to borrow money and the money is yielding a return, which is paying off the interest on the money that you've borrowed, as well as giving you an extra return, extra cash, um, a positive cash flow for you, then that's a good debt. So I wouldn't define financial independence as having no debt whatsoever. and so what's finan- from my own definition, what would I call financial independence? So financial independence is where you have income that you're not earning, um, being able to cover your expenses. So it covers all your expenses, um, whether or not you have a mortgage, you're, you're, you, you, you're financing the purchase of a car, credit cards and all of that if if the income you're you that is coming in not your salary 
or you're self-employed not the money you're taking out of your business but all that income is enough to cover all your expenses which means that if you lose your job today god forbid or you decide you don't want to work anymore uh, which is where we're going um, you still have this source of income coming in um, and your bills are paid so pandemic happened and you were not too worried about the effect of the pandemic on your um, on your way of life because you have other sources of income you know then I would say I would personally define that as um, being financially independent okay and so like I said a lot of people their goal really is to the second goal the first one is retiring whatever age having an income in your retirement because the idea of retirement is that you don't have to work but you have an income which is a form of financial independence the next one is financial independence which means you're not necessarily retired um but you are in a position where that where if you choose to you are able to okay the 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 next reason would be um you know to provide for the children you know the bible tells us that a, a, a good man you know leaves an inheritance for his children's children so not the children but the children's children it means that you have enough to take care of your children's requirements and then you there's enough for the for the children's children as well so that that gives the impression of a surplus a surplus that has not just met your own needs because obviously as you're trying to generate the income you're supporting your children you know through their education supporting them to either start off in life either in business get themselves on the property ladder and all of that and by the time you sorted out your children um and you're done you, there's also something for your um children's children as well and it, 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 before you talk of children your children's children there's also the fact that you know um especially for for our generation you know um our kids have to go to uni and well they don't have to they don't have to but we we, we you know the the way the system is it's advisable they do and i personally advocate uni not because um going to uni is going to make them successful or going to um, give them you know guarantee them good jobs or any of that but there's an there's um an, a level of experience and enlightenment that comes with higher education you know it just helps their mindset a bit more um it helps them think a bit differently and thank God the universities are now supportive of people with learning disabilities. You know, gone are the days where if you had dys dyslexia or you're autistic, you know, or you have any kind of learning disability or learning difficulty, um, you were not supported in, in, in the universities. Those days are long gone now. So irrespective of, because that's, that's the reason why you find a lot of people when we, there are a lot of um, people who are dyslexics, who are millionaires and oh, they didn't go to uni, but they're successful. It was because in their day, the university didn't really support, didn't have support system to help them get an education. And so what they've done is they've employed people who've gone to uni, you know, to work within their business, to make their business successful, which means that um, you need to a certain degree, you would need that element of university education you know to make your business successful because if not 
um, all these people wouldn't need people who've gone to uni to help them run their businesses. The only thing is that they're, they're quite smart, they're financially savvy, um, they understand how money works, and they're able to use that knowledge to give guidance to people who've gone to university to make their business work. So a lot of people are like, I don't have to go to uni. Yes, you don't have to, but it helps. It just opens your mind. You, 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 you meet with different people. Um, you know, you have different experiences that you'd ordinarily not have if you didn't go to uni. So it's not just about the, the um, education. It's also about the maturity, the emotional maturity, the financial maturity, you know, that you get by putting yourself through the academic process but if you choose not to go to uni that's fine um or you know and if your children choose not to go to uni that's that's okay you don't have to force them but for 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 people whose children are going to uni or whose children you would want to encourage your children to go to uni you need to help them so yeah they can get student finance so the student finance is, is a government support for people who want to go to uni they get their university fees get paid and they get given a, a, a stipend you know that helps them support them while in uni but um unless the parent is on very very low income what we find is that that stipend is not enough you know it's usually not enough and so a lot of parents are having to you know, augment or support their children, you know, either they pay for their children's accommodation or they, you know, give them just a bit to help them so that they're not working and studying at the same time. And there's nothing wrong with working and studying at the same time. It's just that if you can help your children, then they have that time to focus on their studies and have a bit of a social life as well. So they're not just you know, passing through the uni. The uni is passing through them as well. They can develop that culture, you know, get involved in so many different um, activities, extracurricular activities within the uni, develop long-term um, relationships and different kind of experiences, really express themselves and become the person that God has really created them to be. Um, yeah, so you need to do that. And what I find is that it's easier if you've, put money aside to support them so like in in the states for example a lot of um parents open a trust fund for their children right from the day they are born and they start putting money aside for their university education sometimes it doesn't cover everything but at least if it doesn't cover the the tuition it will cover their um, um their, you know their, their living their everyday living expenses um, and if you've done it well and you've ha you, you're earning quite a lot, then it could cover both. Okay, and you know some some would say don't you know don't let your children get student finance, you know pay for your children's education. Again, if you've made provision for it, that's something that you'll be able to do. But if you haven't made provision for it, then you're not going to be in a position to do that. And then others would also argue that actually the student finance, the the interests or needs you know is is lower than you would get if you have to take out um, a loan in the bank so the idea really is that they should get that even though you as a parent are paying for their education and paying for their support while in uni they should take that loan and invest that money in you know a business so that by the time they finish their education they're well on their way to financial independence and for them it's a lot easier so when 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 um the, your kids are living at home 
attaining financial independence is a lot easier than when you already have a family and you know you have a family that you need to support you know you have kids you know if you're a young man um you know you are the stay-home parent because nowadays both the men and women stay home if you're the stay-home parent the working spouse you know is the the breadwinner has to ensure that there's enough money to support the family you know and so therefore if anything happens they struggle but if you start early and you start putting money aside you start investing you find that, that process is a lot easier okay so really the question we're trying i'm trying to address here is how do i begin to invest and i started with a series of how to invest a pound no sorry 10 pounds not a pound how to invest 10 pounds and the different things that you could put 10 pounds in <clears throat> you know and you being able to grow that and you know to, to become something quite substantial and it could be te- as least as 10 pounds every single month um well that's the idea so as little as 10 pounds every single month and so the 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 thing is there is no right or wrong answer again i'm not a financial advisor so i'm not giving you financial advice these are thoughts you know some of the things i do thoughts and you know just looking at the issue and trying to deliberate on how do we deal with this thing so the, the 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 i just want to paint a scenario for you here you know and walk you through a journey of how you can get yourself to be financially independent and begin to invest so um if you're not aware rich that has a game called cash flow cash flow one-on-one 101 rather it's online um the game is online and all you just have to do is put in your email address and you you log in and you can play the game you know you can either play the game with your friends so invite your friends to play or you can um you know just set up a game and people that you don't know would um join into the game as long as it's not passworded and you can play along with them and so this journey is based essentially on that game i try as much as possible to play that game at least two three times every week just to remind myself of you know the things that i need to keep doing to ensure that one i can get out of the um, rat race and two you know the different investment options and some of it they've simplified but i find that you know simple is best you know when people talk about investing in stocks and shares they make it so complicated people don't really want to be losing money and it's like oh wow da, 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 da. how do i pick my shares and all of that and all of that but i like the cash flow game because it, it truly simplifies the process and i think that when it comes to investing that's what we need to do we need to get the process down to simple okay so with the cash flow game what usually happens is you are assigned a a, a profession or a career and with that career comes a list of income and you also have expenses and it tries as much as possible to make it as realistic as possible so the salary that is selected for that profession is quite realistic the expenses are quite realistic and everybody starts at the same level you just have a small pot of savings not a lot fraction of your monthly salary so you don't even have um, the emergency fund there and then you you know you start the game and while you're playing the game 
um, you have different opportunities. You have market opportunities and you have investment opportunities, which they call deals. And also, you also have, you know, things that happen. So things that take your money away from you. So things that you have to buy. Some things as silly as buying glasses. Some to as, you know, ridiculous or, I don't know, as expensive as buying a boat. Excuse me, who's going to buy a boat? But then you find out that some people actually do that, you know. Um, that's their dream. That's what they want. And even though they can't afford it at that time, they go for it. You know, of course, some can, but some can, you know. Okay, so maybe not both, maybe a car. Some of us would spend money on cars that we can't afford just because it's our dream and we really want it. And that really is the idea. So you have all these different things. You have illness, you have the market going crazy, you know. And so you have all these opportunities in there. So you have the opportunities. You also have the threat, so to speak, you know, that happens in the market forces. And as you roll your die, you can fall on one of one of any of those um, um, points where these activities happen to you. And then, of course, you either have the opportunity to make money or you lose money. And one of the things I find quite interesting about the board is that it, it has one where you give a tenth of your income to charity. And for doing that, it doubles <clears throat> your chances. So you roll, you have another die, which then means that you go through the... Um, cash flow event um, a lot quicker you know so if you roll a 12 you could go through two cash flowing events so cash flow events is essentially end of the month where you get your salary and then you have things like the birth of your child you know um, that's within the the rat race itself and then outside the rat race <coughs> where you become financially independent um, you have cash flowing events as well you have audit where you lose half of your money you have divorce where you lose all your cash you know and again you have dreams so things that you really want to do and you have um uh, uh you have dreams things that you want to do and then you have business opportunities where you put in a lump sum of money and you know you you're able to get a higher return than you would in the rat race so the the goal of the game really is to get um, an income of about 50,000 plus your normal cash flowing um, income. So whatever the cash flowing income you have when you come out of the rat race to have an additional 50,000. The first person to get that 50,000 wins the race. Or if you, if you land on your dream and you're able to pay for your dream. So whatever is your dream, when you start the game, it makes you choose, you know, something, you know, that is your dream so it could be um a travel around the world becoming president or setting up a foundation so many different things so you choose one and then if you land on it and you're able to pay for it then you won't so you have there are two opportunities for you to fulfill your dream or have um 50,000 surplus um cash flow generated from business investment but to get out of the rat race which is where we are starting from you need to be able to have income passive income income other than your salary that covers your expenses and that's when you become financially independent so once you get to that point you come out of the rat race and then when you get out of the rat race um i think it multiplies your income by a thousand or something like that and that's what you get every time you go through the cash flow point now 
the, the, the first thing that happens is obviously you, you go on your journey and as you go, you have opportunities. So let's talk about the kind of opportunities that are there. So there are things like you can invest in business ventures. Some of them have some cash flow. Some of them don't have cash flow. And there are two types of um, um, opportunities. There's some that deals under six thousand dollars and their deals over six thousand so these are the small deals and the big deals obviously when you're first starting you don't have the opportunity to invest in um big deals you know you have the opportunity of investing in small deals deals that you potentially can afford and so what do small deals look like so they look like you know putting down a small deposit to buy a house to generate a small rental income you have investing in shares um, you have, you know, the opportunity of buying gold at a particular price. You have the opportunity of buying land and undeveloped road, developed land. You have an opportunity in, of investing um, not so much in a small business or widget or whatever business, you know. You have the opportunity of helping friends and family out in either buying their business or buying their property. Some of them, you make no money out of that. So you have all these opportunities that you know if you fall on the right spot on the board um you have those opportunities and if you have the money to do it you can um and usually what happens is that even if you don't have the money you can borrow the money so i want to talk us through the process so the way it would normally work is you can buy shares and when they when they um when you have the opportunity to buy shares usually they give you a range a price range so the shares can go up from anything from say five pounds to 40 pounds or five pounds to 30 pounds or five pounds to 20 pounds and that's the range of the share okay and the idea really is that you can buy for five pounds and sell for anything up to 40 pounds and occasionally the market is such that you can buy for less than five pounds maybe about a pound and you can sell for more than 30 pounds say 50 pounds so you have those opportunities in the market as well a typical example would be um in march um 2020 when we had our first lockdown the price of every single share dropped now for someone who wanted to invest in stocks and shares and bonds and all of that all you needed at that time i i want to believe that most shares you know if you had invested in most if not all but most of them um at that time by now you would have recovered that you most likely would have been able to double your money because a lot of them crashed you know and some of them within a few weeks went up so retail went up um um uh, 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 warehousing went up um, um career went up you know um, pharmaceuticals went up because those were the the industries that was responding to you know trying to resolve the pandemic issue at that point um air travel went way 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 down um holidays went way 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 down leisure went down you know um food went up as well you know so if if at that time say you had a pot of money and you had what well, maybe a thousand pounds and you had bought shares in any one of those organizations most likely because the price went way 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 down you would you know within a few months you would have been able to sell it for a lot more than you bought it for you know so and this is mirroring what we find on the board now those opportunities don't come as often 
but they are always there okay and um again in you could have bought maybe you bought your share for the for five pounds or maybe ten pounds and the price dropped if you don't sell them you don't realize that loss you know but the the really the moral or the takeaway from this is try and buy shares at you know below their normal trading price you know so when you're looking at shares it will tell you the range even like there's a there's an app that i recently um, downloaded and i'm watching it even on those app it tells you the range it tells you the price range you know the shares so the lowest it ever sold for and the highest is sold for and it tells you what the current um what the share is selling for currently and every day you have movements you know and it goes up slightly and it comes down slightly goes up slightly comes down slightly for each of those shares you know and so the idea really is you try and buy low and sell high that's how now if you start doing anything other than that where you can make money when the price goes down and you start make money when you the price goes up and all of that it becomes really complicated you know and that though that is for savvy investors people that really really know what they're doing so you don't know what to do you want to invest in shares stocks and shares simple very very simple starter you know read up on the decide what kind of shares it is you want to and there's again there's no right or wrong you know you can you can read you can just read the news sometimes it could be just gut feeling so i'm not saying have a gut feeling and go and buy shares what i'm saying is that you might just have a gut feeling about a particular sector about a particular industry and then what you then do is you research it you go read up on it and look at how the shares are performing so if while you're doing that you realize that oh the share is selling for less than it would normally sell for um you can decide to buy it you know and this is like you've 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 looked at the history of the shares and you've seen how they've performed you know over time and it's like they're always increasing on a on an annual basis so maybe when they started they used to sell the shares for a pound and it went up to like five pounds ten pounds and now it's 200 pounds so you can see a steady growth and you know that you know um whatever happens is an industry that would always be you know it would always be there because what people always people have to feed you know they need food you know in uk there's a shortage of housing supply you know so anything to do with building houses and accommodation people need somewhere to live so things like that that are just set you know the price keeps going on of course different companies perform different ways and there are ways to mitigate against um risk so rather than putting your, your your all your money in one share you can put it in a fund that invest in that sector so that you're you're not just investing in one particular company because if it's one company then you're you're it's a bit risky <clears throat> but if it's a group of companies even if one does badly you know you know a few others will do well so if one loses another one gains and then you can you can choose to do it in a group of companies you know and that's why the funds the in indexes you know the trust funds and bonds are a lot safer than investing in individual shares because they try and manage um they try and manage the risk but the problem with those is that because they're cost associated to that the return is not as high if you choose a particular share then 
you're not going to pay so much in administration and management and stuff like that and so my suggestion is if you say like for example you have a hundred pounds to invest rather than putting a hundred pounds in just one share you might want to spread your hundred pounds over a number of shares in different companies within the same sector you know and so you have the benefits you have the same benefits of um managing your risk and the idea really is that once the, the price of that share goes up you sell it you know and take that money to invest in a different sector maybe if it's enough for you to invest in real estate which is not as volatile as shares then you can do so or invest in in commodities and the same happens for commodities as well if you can get you know commodities so gold and silver for cheaper than the normal trading price just so that like gold for example has been predicted to hit the two thousand dollar mark and is very well on its way to doing that and i think um last year gold was trading at about one four one thousand four hundred dollars per trial ounce uh and it's just is going way 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 up to that two thousand um pounds mark so people who invested last year will be they'll be making they'll be laughing and the thing is when you're doing this remove emotion <clears throat> remove the greed so set your goals you know set the price at which you want to buy and the price at which you want to sell and every time you hit the price that you want to sell my suggestion is you know just so that you don't get carried away in the euphoria of oh this is doing so great sell now someone will say well if you hit that price and the price of the gold is still going up then move it up a bit yeah fair yeah i'm not saying you shouldn't do that but i personally wouldn't do that i'll set my goal because my goal would be that i want there's a lump sum income that i want which i'm going to use to do something else I would sell at that price take the money out and go and put it in something else now if i have any surplus i might decide to reinvest it you know at that price in the hope that it will keep going up but once you set your goals your goal is like your plan this is what i want to do this is how i want to do it and when i get to this this is what i'm going to do with it so really you need to be you need to kind of like figure out where you want to go so for example if you if you did the 10 pounds you invested your 10 pounds in stocks and shares and all of that and your 10 pounds has now become a thousand pounds you I, you need that thousand pounds because you want to invest in a drop shipping business sell those shares for your thousand pounds take the money out invest it in in, in drop shipping business if you have any other surplus income you can put it back into the shares set the goal and target and this time you now have two assets working for you you have your shares you have your drop shipping business and then with your drop shipping business again the drop shipping business is supposed to generate like a, a ready income for you but if your if your salary is enough for you to survive on and your salary is making giving you positive cash flow i would suggest that even the profit from the drop shipping business try and invest it again you can put it back into shares you can put it back into commodities and watch that grow until you are able to put aside enough money for you to invest you know enough deposit for you to invest in your first property you know and when you get to that point you can either sell the entire drop shipping business because people buy established um drop shipping business just because they don't want to go through the hard work of setting it up themselves you can either sell the entire drop shipping business or you can keep your drop shipping business going and reinvesting the returns that you have 
from that dropshipping business either to scale the dropshipping business so it gives you even a bigger return or you take the returns out and again you continue to put it in shares and you know bonds and all of that continue to put it in in real estate until again you're able to develop enough cash flow from that which you then take and you can then put into another real estate now with the real estate again like i said if your salary is giving you enough income for you to survive on because remember the goal is that we want to generate surplus income such that if we have to stop working for a salary you know that income is able to sustain our expenses okay is able to sustain our expenses so it might initially it might not be as much as a salary but it will cover our expenses so for some people the expenses is equal to their salary for some is 75 percent whatever but you are generating other sources of income which at the moment you're not spending you're reinvesting that will cover your expenses you know so if anything happens you know you have this other source of income that will keep you going you know and then you keep doing that to you get to a point where you decide actually maybe some people will wait until they have double so they have two months income coming in so that even even if they give up their job all their expenses are still paid but they still have this other surplus cash flow which they can still continue to reinvest to build um you know their wealth you know to continue to invest and i i always say to people create assets so your dropship business you can create it you know to the point where somebody else is interested in buying it they, they'll buy it for you for a lump sum it becomes an asset you know even your gold if you buy in physical gold not the paper gold um that's an asset if you invest in property um that's an asset if you build a business you know even your if you're self-employed and you, you're building your business you get to the point where you don't have to do the work you have managers in place that help you run your business and all you're doing is they give you a report that you check that's a business it becomes an asset you can then sell that business for a lump sum which you can then invest in other things and that's the reason why we do the things we do so it's not just a matter of oh just acquiring all these things and having all these assets all over the place you know that doesn't you know it's like you don't even know where you're going but the idea really is that you're investing in whatever class of investment vehicle you choose to be able to want to create an asset so that that thing in itself you can sell that then gives you a big lump sum for you to do something else you know which then takes you to the point where you now have enough income either to retire so you're able to build a big pot i think one million is the mark at the moment where if you have a million pounds you potentially can take that put it in an annuity and you don't ever have to work again you know and um a lot of um investors are asking for 250 so if you're able to get um 250 cash they'll take that for you and they'll build it for you to get to the one million you know so that they you don't have to work or they even take that 250 and they can help you invest it in such a way that you yes you can retire you know and um you can retire on that two hundred and fifty thousand, and hopefully by then your mortgage is paid off you know all your personal loans and credit cards they are all paid off you don't have to owe anybody and if you need to you know buy an expensive vehicle you now have the cash pot to be able to do that and so really i hope that answers the question of how do i go about this investing you know so that i don't you're not just putting money in shares every month or buying gold and silver every month or 
investing in property and that's it but the, 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 that's and that's why we say have a goal it's like what exactly is it that you want to do and how much is that going to cost you and then you keep doing all those different things to get you to that figure that you need to achieve to help you retire i hope this has been useful i hope it's answered a lot of questions i had a lot of a lot of people sending me text messages whatsapp messages even phone calls you know um say so how do we go about this what do we do and i hope that really answers the question and if it doesn't please let me know and hopefully um i would understand exactly what it is you're talking about and maybe we'll be able to address that um again please share with your friends share with family members you know um share with your contacts um subscribe listen um my name is miss yowete and this is the money matters podcast Hi everyone, my name is Missio Wete. Welcome to season three of the Money Matters with Missy podcast. This season, we're going to be looking at things differently. We're going to go topical, so we're going to pick a topic and we're going to discuss that topic. Of course, it will be split into different episodes until we've exhausted or dealt with the topic. Also, I'm going to be giving you things that you should consider on your to-do list based on the book if god wrote my to-do list so we'll look at one item every week to help us stay, stay focused on our goals i hope you enjoy this listen subscribe share like